Our New Testament lesson is from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. You can find it on page 179 in your pew Bible. Hear now the word of our Lord. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh, for what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I'm warning you. As I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another or envying one another. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. Holy God, open our hearts and minds that we may hear your call. Teach us to discern your voice among all the voices that clamor for our attention. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. God called Samuel by name, Samuel. And finally, after four attempts, Samuel answered, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The first time I can remember God calling my name was the summer of 1950. I was 13 going into the eighth grade. Two friends of mine 
They were 13 as well, were joyriding around Dayton, Ohio in a car. They saw me on my red Schwinn bike near the Five and Dime store. They pulled over and asked if I wanted to go for a ride, and without thinking, I parked my bike and I climbed in. I must confess, I did not immediately think something was wrong. As I just said, I was 13. They were 13. What else can I say? <laughs> they then informed me that the car was stolen. I was stunned. I remember having a feeling of nausea in the pit of my stomach. That nausea, I believe, was God shouting my name, Errol, get out of the car. I rode one block with my friends and then demanded to be let out, giving the excuse that I had to meet my mother at the Fime and Dime store. I lied, but that lie paled in insignificance compared to jail. My friends assured me they would not tell on me. Their assurance only added to my angst. I got out, I jumped on my bike, and went straight home as fast as I could. I confessed everything to my mother, who in spite of her normal, compassionate demeanor, did not let a teaching moment pass by. And I begged her not to tell my father but that did not work at all. She did, and I endured another teaching moment. I had a nightmare not too long ago that the police finally caught up with me after 68 years of being on the run. Plain as day, I could see it displayed on the front page of the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Errol Rohr, retired minister, arrested for auto theft. Do you know how many times the Lord called someone's name in the Bible? I haven't actually counted, but I'm sure it's in the hundreds. Remember when God called Adam, Adam, where art thou? Eat of every tree except one. Or when God called Abraham, Abraham, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. Abraham, listen to whatever Sarah tells you. That's actually in the Bible, and Karen loves that passage. <laughs> Moses, take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Say to Pharaoh, let my people go. And to Mary, mother of Jesus, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And to Jesus, you are my son whom I love. With you I'm well pleased. And in our reading this morning, God spoke to Samuel. Samuel and Samuel answered, speak, Lord for your servant is listening. The name Samuel 
sounds like the Hebrew word for heard of God. It's the witness of Holy Scripture from cover to cover that God speaks to us and calls our name. And it's the witness of Holy Scripture that our appropriate response whenever God does so is speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Have you ever heard the Lord call your name? Surely you've heard that still, small voice inside you that grabs your attention in all kinds of situations. Sometimes God's call is an inner feeling or an intuition, a nausea even, a nudge or an urge to do something or to stop from doing something. Or maybe the Lord's voice was not so quiet after all. Maybe the Lord stepped up the volume and shouted to you over all the turmoil and darkness and pain you were going through. Sometimes God whispers to us in our joys, but shouts to us in our pains. A woman asked Frederick Bigner why he was entering the ministry. She said to him, was it your own idea or were you poorly advised? Bigner writes, what I believe is so characteristic of God's voice within us. And I quote, it was a lump in the throat. It was an itching in the feet. It was a stirring in the blood at the sound of rain. It was a sickening of the heart at the sight of misery. It was a clamoring of ghosts. It was a name which when I wrote it out in a dream, I knew it was a name worth dying for even if I was not brave enough to do the dying. Sometimes God calls our name precisely in that way. There's no question in my mind that God frequently tries to get our attention. The only question is, are we listening? This reminds me of a time when I asked my 92-year-old father at the dinner table one evening if he was listening to me when I was telling him about my day. And my father responded, yes, I'm listening, I'm just not paying attention. <laughs> God bless me with an honest father. All good listening is paying attention. All good listening is paying attention. We love it when others pay attention to what we're saying. And I'm sure God feels the same way. I believe that we live in a universe where God is vying for our attention and calling our name all the time. The real question is, are we listening? Are we paying attention? When we listen to the Bible being read in the worship service, as we did just a few moments ago, and the reader announces, this is the word of the Lord, do you remember what we all said? That's right, we said, thanks be to God. 
something profound had just happened, possibly without our recognizing it. What actually happened was God was speaking to us. And when we all replied, thanks be to God, we implied that we were paying attention. Were we? Here's what I mean. When the Bible implores us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, we're hearing God call our name. When we hear the biblical admonitions, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not murder, we're listening to God. When we hear that the fruits of the Holy Spirit are love and gentleness and peace and kindness and self-control, we're hearing the very heart of Almighty God. And when we hear our Lord Jesus Christ tell us to love our neighbors as ourselves, he is calling our name. And when Christ warns, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around his neck. We're hearing God call our name. Are we paying attention? Can we say, thanks be to God? The fact that God speaks to us in the Bible and calls our name and its stories and its poems, its parables, its prophecies and commands is rather obvious, but God also speaks to us through the community of faith, the church, and through others who impact our lives. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his little book, Life Together, suggests that we hear God's call in the voice of a friend. He writes that we need our sisters and brothers in Christ because the Christ in their hearts is stronger than the Christ in our own heart. I heard God call my name through a brother in Christ while I was at the end of the salad bar during lunch at King University in 1987. God used Hugh O. McClellan, Jr. from Chattanooga, Tennessee to get my attention. He handed me a brown paper envelope and told me that inside was an invitation from a Presbyterian missionary in Papua New Guinea who wanted me to bring students that summer to his mission station and build a bridge and a church and a dormitory. I thanked him politely and I told him I would pray about it. However, I knew I would not be going halfway around the world to Papua New Guinea that summer because I'd already promised Karen that we would be going to London to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. London is east, Papua New Guinea is west, and I was definitely headed east to London. If you remember, Jonah had the same dilemma. God sent Jonah east to Nineveh, but Jonah headed west to Tarshish. 
My intentions to honor Karen did not work any better for me than Jonah's intentions worked for him. On June 29th, the day before our anniversary, the day before our anniversary, we were 30,000 feet over the Pacific Ocean with 22 students headed west for Papua New Guinea. The irony thickens. We crossed the international dateline and missed our anniversary altogether. <laughs> God speaks to us in other ways as well. I agree with all the spiritual masters that I have read on the subject that there's no chance thing through which God cannot speak. There is no chance thing through which God cannot speak. God speaks to us through Holy Scripture and the church and friends, but it's also true that God speaks to us in all manner of people and things and events. Elizabeth Barrett Browning in her poem, Aurora Lee, writes, Earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God but only he who sees or hears takes off his shoes. Frederick Buechner makes the same point when he writes, and I quote, even the walk from the house to the garage that you've walked 10,000 times before, and even the moments when you cannot believe that there is a God are all times when God can and does speak to us. It's in some of our most unguarded and normal life moments that we hear the Lord calling our name. The Reverend John Bailey, the late theology professor at Edinburgh University and chaplain to the King, thanks God in this prayer, and I quote, for every evidence of thy spirit's leading and for all those little happenings which though seeming at the time no more than chance, yet afterwards appeared to me as a part of thy gracious plan for the education of my soul. Even our doubts and our dark nights of the soul, our fears, our emptiness, our tragedies, as well as our joys and delights are all moments of infinite possibility for God's voice of calm and affirmation, instruction, admonition, celebration, and healing. This too, like the Holy Scripture, becomes obvious if we're paying attention. Sometimes we avoid listening for fear of what we may hear, and sometimes we avoid listening because we're afraid we'll hear nothing at all. But we should not be deceived or discouraged, for it's even in such moments as these that God's mercy and grace is actually straining at the bit to capture our attention and cover us and free us and guide us and heal us. In one of T.S. Eliot's four quartets, The Dry Savages, he writes prophetically 
of the music heard deeply within us. The music heard deeply within us. He argues that that music defines us. The passage goes like this. The music heard so deeply that it is not heard at all. But you are the music while the music lasts. These are only hints and guesses, hints followed by guesses, and the rest is prayer, observance, discipline, thought, and action. The hint half-guessed, and the gift half-understood is incarnation. I love Eliot's thought regarding the music within us as the gift half-guessed and the gift half-understood. He indicates that this is incarnation. He means, I think, God with us, God within us. He's referring to that deep transformative music within that is the essence of who we are, that defines us as one of God's own and reveals the Holy Spirit within us. The book of Galatians chapter 5 makes the very same point. God's music within us is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Paul says we live by the Spirit of God. Our inner music, God's Spirit within us, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This internal music that defines us should be our favorite playlist that we listen to and perform over and over again. This inner music is the voice of God calling us to be who we were created to be and to live in such a way as to reflect the presence of Christ in our lives. When we hear this music inside us and are tempted to do otherwise, we need to do as T.S. Eliot asks, pause, observe, pray, listen, pay attention, and act. Every time we deny hatred and choose love, we're performing God's playlist. Every time we refuse to lie and repeat falsehoods and instead pursue the truth, we're hearing God call our name. Every time we reject revenge and seek reconciliation, and every time we welcome the stranger and dispossessed as Christ himself, we're paying attention to God. Every time we seek justice for the oppressed and deny racism and sexism, we're listening to, we're paying attention to, we're performing the music of God within us. Thanks be to God. When God spoke to Moses, through the burning bush and told him to take off his shoes because he was standing on holy ground, God made two things perfectly clear. First, God made it perfectly clear 
that any place or time or circumstance is appropriate for hearing the Lord call our name. And second, God made it perfectly clear what is most important. God did not tell Moses to build a beautiful temple of worship to commemorate the spot, nor did God ask for a burnt sacrifice on some gilded altar, nor did God promise Moses that he would prosper or even that his life would be spared. What God did tell Moses to do was to go to Egypt and make a difference. Go to Egypt and make a difference. Leave this place and make a difference. When God calls our name, we pay attention in order to make a difference in the lives of those around us. We listen to the Spirit's music within, not for our own sake, but for the sake of others. The Reverend John Bailey invites us to play, pray this prayer, and I invite you to pray along with me. Oh God within us, give us grace today to recognize the stirrings of thy spirit within and to listen most attentively to all that thou hast to say to us. Let not the noises of the world ever so confuse us that we cannot hear thee speak. Suffer us never to deceive ourselves as to the meaning of thy commands. And so let us in all things obey thy will through the grace of Jesus Christ our Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. <laughs>